Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Sunday Brunch Edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We've got a crazy show for you, including a special live performance by Natasha Owens, the country artist whose song Trump won soared to the number one spot on the iTunes music last week, defying all of the establishment music business that wanted to suffocate this song. She went through truth. She went through the alternative places, Rumble, and she got it to number one. She's going to tell us how she did that. And you're going to get to hear the song before we end the day today. But we also got some big newsmakers from Washington, D.C. Congressman Austin Scott, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, very concerned about China, very concerned about Russia, very concerned about renewing Section 702 of the Patriot Act, a power that allows the government to rummage through your phone records without a warrant. Congressman Scott has some news. There's going to be some changes to that law if it's going to get renewed. He's going to bring us up to speed on that. And then we got another congressman later in the show, Congressman Brian Stile. Not any just not any just any congressman. He's also the chairman of the House Administration Committee. He's got some big news on January 6th. Plus, He was among the lawmakers who told the New York District Attorney, Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, you're going to be coming to Congress and answering some questions. We are going to bring you, haul you before Congress. And he's going to tell us why he did that and what he expects to have happen. Also, some really fun stuff. Bill O'Reilly, one of the great journalists, one of the great authors, one of the great historians, one of the great television hosts in all of American history. He's here. He's got some thoughts on the state of America, the state of the Trump investigations, plural. And he's going to share that with us. And then we got two other great things. Carrie Lake, she has an amazing victory last week just when people thought her election lawsuit challenging the 2022 gubernatorial results in Arizona was dead the Arizona Supreme Court said up oh, not so fast not so fast you know why we think there's an issue with signature ballot matching that didn't get properly adjudicated by the courts we're reviving it Carrie Lake's going to give us a reaction to that and then before we get to Natasha Owens performance at the end of the show and also our great interview with her we had a great time talking about how she's one of the leaders in bypassing traditional music Hollywood Nashville and going directly to the American people with songs like Trump One or her Patriot album. Tim Stewart, the head of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, is joining us. He's got big news. The folks who gave us all of the incredible, abundant natural gas of the last 10 years grew the economy, lowered carbon emissions. They're starting a group, starting a group to protect your kitchen stove. If you're afraid of losing your gas kitchen stove or your gas grill on the back deck to the Biden administration's regulatory regime, 
Tim Stewart's got a message for you. He's starting a hands-off-my-stoves group. Everyday Americans can join, have their voice heard, and they're going to move the conversation in this country so that stoves are protected, particularly your gas stove. Tim Stewart's going to bring us up on that. Great show. Let me give you that line up one more time before we go to commercial break. Congressman Austin Scott, Bill O'Reilly, Congressman Brian Stile, U.S. Oil and Gas Association President Tim Stewart, Carrie Lake, the big victory in last week's election lawsuit in Arizona, and Natasha Owens, country star and songwriter, whose song, Trump Won, has soared to the number one spot in the charts. All back-to-back on this Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. One of the most respected members in Congress. He's one of the newer members on the House Intelligence Committee, one of its most sage voices when it comes to economic and national security. Joining us from the great state of Georgia is Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you back on the show, sir. Hey, John and Amanda. Thanks for having me. I appreciate what y'all do. 
Well, we appreciate what you're doing. You attended a very important hearing today with some of our uh, highest ranking military leaders. I kind of got the sense that maybe everyone in the U.S. government now is worried about how much ground we've ceded to China. They're out there negotiating deals with, with, with people that used to be our, in our sphere of influence. They've gained access to Bagram. Tell us what those military leaders conveyed to you today. Yeah, so we had CENTCOM and AFRICOM commanders in front of us today, uh, as well as, you know, other leadership from the Pentagon. And the, the bottom line is, uh, obviously, the Taliban is significantly stronger today than they were uh, a year ago. And uh, unfortunately, the mistakes that were made in Afghanistan, where we gave up Bagram Airfield and, um, you know, just basically abandoned ship in that country, um, you know, left the Taliban with a lot of military assets that, that were ours, uh, belonged to the U.S. taxpayers. They, uh, and, and now some of the strategic assets that we had that we needed for intelligence operations and other things uh, are, are no longer in our control. And if you think about where Bagram Airfield is, it's only a few hundred miles, a couple hundred miles from uh, China. And, uh, you know, it would be a great strategic asset for us as a country to have uh, go, going forward. So, uh, that's one of the things that we talked about. The other thing that we talked about, obviously, is, you know, how China is using the Belt and Road Initiative um, of effectively getting these countries in, in Africa into, uh, a, lack of better terminology, a payday lending type scenario where the countries can't pay their debts to China. And then China, uh, you know, uses ports and other things that they build. Um, you know, they'll be using them to dock uh, military assets and intelligence assets in those areas. They've already got a big port in Djibouti. And, uh, you know, we have to be very careful about uh, the control of the ports around the country and allowing China to have too much control over those ports because that uh, controls all of international commerce if, if you get right down to, to it. So very concerned about what China's doing right and what we're doing wrong right now. Um, you know, and unfortunately, we've got an administration that that's weak and they, they look weak and, you know, the Chinese are going to continue to take advantage of it. Right. It's such important work because the, the idea of our equipment and our technology being acquired and exploited by our enemies abroad, I think, is, is, is scary to almost all Americans. Um, and it seems like Republicans like yourself and your colleagues on, on the Republican side of the aisle are very concerned about this, mimicking the concern of the American people. Are the Democrats on that committee, do they seem as concerned as Republicans do? Oh, oh, there there are several of them that are very, very concerned about it. And, uh, you know, I think that you will actually see uh, more and more bipartisan legislation coming to the floor to address these issues. And so if you look at, you know, e even the even the budgets that are being being passed and, and proposed with regard to the military, if you look at uh, where we see the threat coming from, we see it coming from China. And uh, you're you're seeing more bipartisan support for taking action against China, not only in making sure that we have the naval fleet and the assets that we need if we do go to war. None of us want to go to war. Let me be clear. I do not want to go to war with China. They have, they have transitioned from an, an aggressive economic competitor to an adversary over the last several years. Uh, they sense weakness in our White House. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you look at them doing doing war games with 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 Russia, you look at Russia and China becoming closer. I don't I don't think that that we can ignore that, and and I think most of the Dems on the Armed Services Committee uh, feel that same way. And if you watch the the hearings on TikTok today, there's pretty bipartisan support for 
doing something with TikTok and the amount of information that they're accumulating on, on American citizens. And I can just tell you, uh, as a parent, you know, I've got a 23-year-old, I've got, I've got an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old. Raising an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old today is very different than it was just 15 years ago uh, with, with social media and the telephones and everything else and the data that's being collected on them. And I can assure you that, you know, if you become a business leader in the future or a police officer in the future or a soldier in the future, uh, the, the data that's going to be out there is going to be used to embarrass you at some point uh, in, in your career. And so, uh, you, it, it's not, it's not paranoia. It's just the facts when you get right down to it, that, that everything you do on TikTok is going to be collected. And, and if you, if it can be used against you in the future, it will be used against you. Scary stuff. Uh, sir, I want to stay on China for one more, uh, moment. A few doors down from your hearing today, Congressman Scott Perry confronted uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken with information that your committee, the House Intelligence Committee, made public open source intelligence and some reporting by Just the News from a few weeks ago. Uh, and Blinken confirmed that the State Department believes that China is in violation of weapons, uh, bioweapons treaties and uh, does have an offensive uh, bioweapons program and that some of the labs that those programs are utilizing in China get money from the United States how can we be funding labs that we know are involved in the bioweapons program? Do you have any concern about that? Oh, man, you, you, you can't fix stupid, right? <laughs> I mean, and so uh, I, I appreciate the, the work that has gone into exposing this. Uh, you know, COVID's had a couple of silver linings. One is we got to see what, what was being done in the school systems that need to be stopped. And, and you're seeing parents stand up against what was being taught in the school systems and the exposure of uh, sexually explicit content in the school systems to uh, pretty young minors, extremely young minors, I should say. And then I think the other thing that it exposed, and I'm a member of Congress, I did not realize that we were that we were sending U.S. tax dollars over there uh, to that lab. And so I'll tell you, now that it's been, it's been exposed, it's got to be stopped. And it just tells me that we in Congress, we have got to do a better job in the appropriation process of following those dollars, not to an agency, but where the agency actually gives that money uh, because some of it is being used against us. Crazy. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about another um, national security issue. Since, I guess since OEF and OIF, the, the wars on terror, Americans have been very concerned about surveillance when it's turned on the American people. So with respect to um, the renewing of or possibly changes to Section 702 of FISA, you know, the American people have been told that it's great for protecting them against ransomware, uh, spy recruitment. It contributed to the killing of al-Qaeda leader al-Zahiri. But the ugly side of that is that even though there are legal guardrails, um, it's meant to be for surveillance of non-American citizens outside the country. But if they're communicating with someone here in our country, they get scooped up in that dragnet. So I guess my, my question to you is, what do you see for the future of its renewal? Yeah, so I, I, I think that we do need 702. I think that you will see changes made to it. Uh, certainly, you, you did a pretty good job of discussing the guardrails that are there for those of us who have constitutional rights as U.S. citizens. And unfortunately, there have been some people that have leaped those guardrails, for lack of better terminology. And there have got to be consequences for those people who, who are entrusted with, if you are entrusted with the ability to uh, query that information and you abuse that, then there have to be consequences uh, for the people that abuse that. So that's one of the things that I think you'll see us address is that, uh, you know, who's doing the queries, who's being queried. 
uh, and, uh, and who should actually have that authority and sign off on it. So the protections have got to be there for, for those of us who are American citizens that have constitutional rights. I think you'll see some people come out and uh, personally talk about the fact that they were queried and, and raise some awareness to the fact that this is going on uh, in areas where it shouldn't be done. Uh, that is, I think, a minority of the cases. Uh, as a whole, I think 702 has been a good thing in, in protecting the U.S. citizens and, and you're going to see us do the things to protect people's constitutional rights and uh, and make sure there are consequences for people that violate that. So we've got about 20 seconds left. There's an idea that sprung up a lot of times about having a private advocate, someone that would protect the interests of an American being targeted when the American doesn't know they're being targeted, can't defend themselves. Is that gaining any steam? Absolutely. And, and I think you will see a broad bipartisan agreement on this. I'm not saying everybody's going to agree on it, right. um, you know, but... I, I think you'll see broad bipartisan agreement on on what we come up with. And, and I think that you'll see some other people personally talking about of what has been done to them in the past. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Bill O'Reilly up next. A lot of deep thought to be thinking about. State of our country, Bill O'Reilly is going to bring us up to speed on his thoughts on that right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at signup. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. 
He's one of America's greatest journalists, one of the greatest historians as well, and he's also the host of one of my favorite shows, uh, popular, popular show, No Spin News. I just happened to be on there a few hours ago. He's none other than our good friend Bill O'Reilly. Bill, great to have you back on the show. I just saw you, Solomon. I just saw you like uh, a couple of minutes ago. We, with, uh, we literally made a trade. <laughs> that's right. It was a Lend-Lease program. And uh, I hope that uh, millions of Americans can digest what we're saying, because you and I have something in common and Amanda as well. Uh, we keep the speculation to a minimum yeah. and uh, try to base our analysis on facts. And uh, that's why we're both successful, I believe. Yeah, so it is important to state a fact, especially in a time of a lot of politics and emotion. I want to ask you one thing. This case in Manhattan is going to rest on uh, the testimony, really, of one witness, Michael Cohen. We went through today here at Justin News. We've got about nine instances where he told Congress something that's clearly contradicted by the facts. He's pled guilty to one count of lying, but there's many others where his trail of truth really is a problem. How does the prosecutor build a case around a Michael Cohen? Well, it's impossible, and but it'll never get to a jury. It'll never get inside a courtroom. Um, so what I believe is happening now, and this is not factual. I got to be upfront with your audience. It's speculation on my part, but we do hear a lot of things. I am in New York. Uh, is that the statute of limitations uh, on the alleged uh, payoff to Stormy Daniels is uh, gonna pretty much blow this whole case out of the water? And that's why uh, this fiasco um, was delayed today. Grand jury was told to go home. I don't even think they came in. Uh, but if, if you straggled in, they were sent home. And uh, if you look at the uh, filings, both the misdemeanor, which is two years, a felony five years, have expired. And Bragg, I don't think, is smart enough to even understand what, what's going on. I mean, the guy's a disaster as an attorney general here in New York. Uh, this is really uh, a problem for him now because the judge could toss this almost immediately. And that, of course, would mean Bragg would lose his job. He can't keep a guy with no credibility in there. Uh, and that's what happened. So I think that's what the delay is on it. But even if he gets it through, uh, Trump lawyers will appeal to uh, judges throughout New York. If they don't get satisfaction here, it goes up to the Supreme Court. So I don't think it's ever going to see a jury or a courtroom. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that most Americans look on at something like this with with a little bit of unease. They they think that if they can target, you know, the former president, then they can obviously target them. But it feels like we are at an inflection point. You have parents who don't trust their educators for a good reason, with this, the example that I cited in the opening of the show. Americans don't trust the federal government. They don't really trust, trust Congress. They don't trust doctors anymore. And now with the weaponization of not just the FBI and our intelligence agencies, but the DOJ and the court system and general are we at a point where there is no return who who steps in to be america's superhero heroes our justice league you know i don't think we're going to get a superhero but we might get a trend back toward normalcy um i write a, a message of the day on billoreilly.com each morning amanda and you don't have to be a member or anything you're just going to read it and today is the collapse of the justice system in america both criminal and civil okay so it's fallen apart and that when we were kids, we were brought up to think justice for all. Um, if somebody hurts us, we'll get uh, retribution from the state or the federal government. Well, it's gone. And um, that is a key component of the Trump 
prosecution as well, because this never would have been brought anybody else. Bragg has busted 50 percent of his felony cases down to misdemeanors, 50 percent. Included in that are dope dealers, fentanyl dealers, people with guns, assault, all kinds of stuff that are violent stuff that have hurt people. And he doesn't want to charge felony. Now he's trying to upgrade some low level beef about a uh, payment made so that Trump wouldn't be embarrassed uh, into a felony category. So anybody, it doesn't matter whether you're a liberal, a conservative, you hate Trump, you don't hate Trump. If you step back and you're honest, you go, this is BS. This isn't what the justice system is designed to do, go after a political component. And then you add into Bragg and George Soros, who almost single-handedly has destroyed the criminal justice system in this country by pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into political action committees that support far-left progressive DAs like Bragg in New York and uh, Kim Fox in Chicago and uh, the guy who got thrown out in San Francisco uh, and Gascon in L.A. These people have basically told you we're not going to enforce the law because we think it's racist. And George Soros gives us enough money so we can get elected and reelected. I mean, that's real corruption right before everybody's eyes. And that it is. And it's becoming more and more frustrating to live in any of those cities where one of those prosecutors work. You can't even go to the ATM and feel safe anymore. Uh, Bill, I want to ask about this. Um, there has been this extraordinary case uh, Louisiana and Missouri brought clear evidence of censorship. Last night, the, the judge said, not only is there a historical pattern of federal coercion trying to force big tech into censoring points of view on uh, social media, there's a clear likelihood it's going to continue into the future. Therefore, I'm going to let this trial go forth. The idea that a federal judge has literally called out the federal government, the Biden White House, the CDC, the FBI for censoring Americans' opinions, is this a, a tipping point moment in the free speech debate? I don't know. I would rather have seen the evidence presented by the Republican House committee, yeah. which seems to be behind the curve here. So you've got the two states, Louisiana, Missouri, they're already in litigation. They're already, you know, getting their court date set, their evidence set up. Well, I, I'm you know, I'm going to give Congress a break. I mean, they've only been in now two months, right. um, but they need to kind of up it and start to call people in so that we, the people, we can't go to the courtrooms uh, where it's going to be uh, tried in Missouri, I guess. Right, John? Is that That's where it's it? going to be yeah. heard? Right. OK, well, we can't go to that. I mean, so let's see what the House committees come up with so every American can make a decision, an informed decision. So they seem to be a little behind on this. I know they're trying to get Hunter Biden and, and that kind of thing, the banking records and all that. So Americans deserve to know the truth. That's what it all comes back to. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a powerful administration basically telling private companies not to say stuff, we need to know that. Right. And if you've got a vice president, Joe Biden, who received money from foreign nations through a bunch of shadowy transactions, we need to know that. And I hope that they step this up. So, look, we all know what Trump did. I don't think there's any question that he paid 
uh, Stormy Daniels and another woman to keep quiet about whatever. And, you know, what people don't understand is I'm not saying anything even happened. Trump denies it. But if you are accused, then the media convicts you. So a lot of corporations and wealthy people try to head off the accusation. So it's not that you necessarily did something wrong. You just don't want the accusation to become a conviction in the media, which it does every day. So that's what a lot of these cases are about. That's a good point. Bill, we've just got about a minute left. So um, over the course of your career, you have had an uncanny ability to pinpoint that intersection of culture and politics. And I just saw a recent comment from comedian Chris Rock about the possible arrest of Donald Trump. And he said and he basically said it was idiotic because it would be like arresting Tupac, that he's just going to sell more records. Do you think that that is is a fair comparison? Do you think that if this happens, that Trump will almost be martyrized, if that's even a word? In the short term, it'll help Trump because emotions will flow, particularly from the Republican side. In the long term, stuff like this doesn't help anybody. And the people that get hurt the most are we, the citizens, because Biden's using this as cover. He's using it. Now it's a Trump news cycle again. Well, what's Biden do to solve any problem? You know, Monday he had uh, Ted Lasso. Tuesday, Bruce Springsteen. Today, he did a little reception for Women's History Month. I mean, what the deuce is the man doing every day? This is on his official schedule. That's it. It's amazing. I mean, I'd like to see maybe one or two problems being worked on, wouldn't you? All right, folks, the chairman of the House Administration Committee, someone overseeing the January 6th congressional investigation, so much more. He's going to join us in a second. Congressman Brian Stile from the great state of Wisconsin. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy as they are flexible to your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Joining us right now, the chairman of the House Administration Committee, Congressman Brian Stahl from the great state of Wisconsin. Mr. Chairman, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me on, John and Amanda. I'd like to talk a little bit about this letter, what's behind it. I know a lot of concern that what's going on in New York has nothing to do with the law and a lot to do with politics. Tell us why Congress is getting involved. I think everybody in the United States should be concerned about the radical weaponization of our judicial system by the left writ large. In this case in particular, I think we're asking the right questions. We're asking, was federal tax dollars being used in pursuit of this case? Was this politically motivated? I think those are two questions we need to know the answer to. In particular, at a period of time when we have liberal DAs uh, like we have in Manhattan that are working on political cases rather than actually holding criminals accountable in some of our nation's largest cities. Yeah. Yeah, this letter had some incredible language in it. Do you think, first of all, have you heard any response from DA Alvin Bragg? Do you expect him to actually appear? We, I have not heard back from him yet. Mind you, the letter was sent early this morning. We've given him until Thursday uh, to come back to us with a reply. Hopefully sit down and answer a lot of questions that I think all Americans have. I think they're appropriate questions to ask at a period of time when you see such an unprecedented move uh, by this DA. In particular, this is a case we got to remember that was not prosecuted by the DOJ, was not prosecuted by his office in the past. And then all of a sudden on the home stretch of the statute of limitations, Looks like uh, this district attorney is about ready to engage. I think we should ask the question, what changed? And what definitely appears to be the only thing that changed is that Donald Trump announced he's running for president of the United States. And so if this is a politically motivated use of our judicial system, if American tax dollars are being used, the American people deserve to know the answer to that. Mr. Chairman, I want to ask a little bit about the state of uh, crime prosecutions in our big cities. New York, one of those places where a lot of felonies are being downgraded to misdemeanors on serious offenses, violent offenses, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, we can name all the cities where the problems are. Uh, Republicans have promised to use the power of the purse. At some point, are, are, will cities like New York be told that their future federal funding's in jeopardy if they don't start enforcing laws? We're gonna be reviewing exactly how federal tax dollars are being used by prosecutors across the United States of America. It's one of the questions that I think we deserve answers to. Often the federal government is funding and providing resources to prosecutors across the United States. The purpose of that is to make our cities safer. And if we find out through this investigation that instead those are being used to weaponize DAs across the country with a purpose of grinding a political axe rather than making our communities safer, we're gonna have to go back into the funding model. It's one of the reasons we're asking these questions. We continue to see DAs across the country engaged in political behavior. That sure looks like it's the case in this situation 
What we want our DAs to do is actually go and work in the judicial system in an unpolitical way to actually hold criminals accountable and put guilty criminals behind bars. Yeah, yeah. we used to work. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And, and you see so many of these issues that are affecting the American people. Obviously, the economy, people are paranoid about this banking crisis that, that you know, more than 100 other regional banks might fail. And it just seems like there there's an amalgamation, a, a perfect storm um, as far as what's happening in this country. How do you think it is going to affect how you guys operate heading into next year and what will happen in the general election? Well, I think we're going to see the Committee on Financial Services have a really strong hearing in the days ahead where we're going to be able to ask the tough questions about exactly what went wrong. Were the regulators asleep at the switch? Why did management have the assets they did on the balance sheet without having any hedging and protection against rising interest rates? But here's the gorilla in the room, Amanda, that I think we need to spend more time on. What's underlying this stress in the financial system is the direct result of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. Why are they raising interest rates? Because we have runaway inflation. And why do we have runaway inflation? The Biden administration over the past two and a half years has put forward horrible policies that have driven inflation higher from reckless spending to the war on energy to labor policies that allowed too many people to find themselves on the sidelines rather than getting back to work to an overreaction to covid which resulted in supply chains getting all out of whack. How do we resolve this? We got to do the opposite. To bring inflation down, you pretty much have to do the opposite of what the Biden administration has been doing. You got to actually control spending. You got to help workers get back to work. You got to produce and unleash American energy. And we got to get our lives back to normal. If we do those key things, we can bring costs down, bring inflation down, and we could have prevented this catastrophe from happening in the first place. So important to get to the uh, the bottom of those answers, which we've been denied for a long time. Mr. Chairman, I want to stand banking just for a second. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank obviously failed. A lot of its actions now being looked at uh, and obviously a big focus on the regulators, as you mentioned. This is a bank that also plunked a lot of money down in China. I think $100 million to get a development fund started in China. Uh, is the banking committee going to dig into American banks and what they may have been doing in China the last few years, particularly as China's aggression against us becomes more and more obvious? Silicon Valley Bank had a, had a series of assets on their balance sheet that appear to have directly resulted in some of the challenges that they face. So I think there's going to be a lot of questions uh, when we have the regulators before us about the actions that were being taken uh, by the management of Silicon Valley Bank, but also what exactly was on their balance sheet? Were the regulators asleep at the switch? We don't have answers to all those questions yet, but the American people deserve to have those answers. And then we'll have to craft policies to make sure that this type of a situation doesn't happen again. That policy could very easily be making sure our regulators are engaged at banks. But big picture, writ large, we got to get inflation under control because it's the inflation and the Fed's reaction to it that's causing all this stress in our financial system. Yeah. Congressman Stahl, while we're on the issue of SVB, I want to talk about a, a peripheral issue that a lot of people attribute to its ultimate failure, its possible demise. Um, ESG. Congress sent a bill over to President Biden. He vetoed it. What's the future of ESG in America? What a terrible move by President Biden today in a bipartisan rejection of his administration's policies to actually allow your 401k, your retirement plan to be based on risk and reward to make sure that Americans' retirements are secure. Instead, the Biden administration doubled down on their commitment to try to hijack your retirement funds to advance their radical woke agenda. 
This should be concerning to all Americans. It's why there was such a significant bipartisan rejection of the Labor Department's policies. It's concerning that this policy is going to be able to remain in place due to the veto of President Biden. It's all the more reason that come in 2024, we need to have a conservative Republican president at the helm to protect people's retirement accounts. Yeah, a lot of people worried about that and talking about that a lot more than ever before. Sir, you have your finger in a lot of important issues. One, you always champion uh, our great uh, military veterans. The VA is seeking reimbursement these days to have uh, families pay back benefits that were paid to them when a loved one, a veteran, dies. Tell us a little bit about why you're intervening and why this is so upsetting to so many families. We, we had a woman call us whose mother was receiving veteran survivor benefits. Her father... Uh, lost his life in World War II. Her mother uh, survived until just a year and a half ago. And then the VA came to her uh, requesting the last month's payment of her veteran survivor benefits back. This, mind you, was after uh, one day shy of the end of the month when all the bills were already paid. She came to me and said, Brian, we got to solve this. Uh, and I assumed it was a hiccup at the VA. Lo and behold, it's actually a bad law that's on the books. And so I'm working uh, to actually unwind this law so that what happened to her family never happens to a veteran's family in the United States of America again. These men and women who serve our country deserve our greatest respect. Uh, and in their final days, a family does not need a letter from the federal government demanding money back uh, that's already been spent on behalf of caring uh, for this veteran's family. Yeah, so common sense. <laughs> My goodness, of, of all the wasteful government spending and this is where they want to pinch pennies, it's it's unreal. I, I know that there's bipartisan support for this. You think it'll pass? I, I, I'm optimistic. Sometimes you, you find these areas in the federal law where you just need somebody to carry the water to fix a problem. Uh, this was brought up to me by a woman in Franklin, Wisconsin, who came to me with this concern. Uh, we're getting to work. We're building support across the aisle. There's areas where we just can't let partisanship get in the way. And this is one of them where we have to make good uh, on our promise to our veterans that we're going to take care of them because they served our country. Yeah, so important. So we got about 20 seconds left. Just real quickly, do you expect we'll see a lot more of the videotape from January 6th? Will your committee make more of it available? Yeah, we're continuing to make sure that we provide uh, full disclosure to the American people. I think everybody was sick and tired of the partisan January 6th select committee picked and chosen by Nancy Pelosi. We're committed to actually providing transparency and also providing the security at our nation's capital to keep it open to the American people. Hey folks, you worried about losing your gas stove to the Biden regulatory regime? Guess what? Tim Stewart, the head of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, he's starting a group for you. If you want to save your stove, tell the government, hand off my stove, hands off my gas grill in the back deck. Tim Stewart's got the solution for you. He'll explain right after this commercial break. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. 
Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at TakeLean.com. That's TakeLean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at TakeLean.com. One more time, TakeLean, L-E-A-N.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back, America. Over the weekend, I was shopping for a new refrigerator and some other people next to me were looking at gas stoves and they literally said, we better get one now. They might be gone soon. Well, our next guest, he's been worried about that as well. He's been sounding the alarm about many of the policies in America today that are putting everyday consumers at risk. He joins us right now, Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil Gas Association and a proud sponsor of this segment. Tim, great to have you back on the show. It's great to be with you guys. We're glad we can do this. We have a little skinny. We understand next week is a big week for your group. You're going to start to fight for Americans' rights to own a gas stove, if I understand things correct, right? (laughs) Well, we are. You know, it's been really interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot over the last few months. And I tell you what has replaced gasoline prices is a thing that I get hit up most about. I call it the church ladies. They're my barometer. And if they see me in the grocery store, they hit me up about gasoline prices. But that has been changed by their what's going to happen with gas stoves. And I have to say, you've probably seen this too, but people are really upset about this. And I was trying to figure out why. And then it it hit me. You know, the kitchen is the epicenter of everybody's home. It's where parents teach their kids. You gather around the center island and you eat together. And this is a place where all the teaching, the reason our family takes place. And this green movement is knocking on our front doors and and working there right into the center of our house, the epicenter of our home, and taking a look around and saying, you know what, I don't like that, and I don't like that, and we're going to take that away. That really bothers people. It's an invasion of their personal space, and they want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, for sure. Tim, if the Biden administration and the Energy Department is so benevolent that they allow us to keep our gas stoves, for a lot of people, the the concern now is the cost of the gas to to power that stove. Um, I know that in Maine, energy costs have doubled because they uh, failed to renew leases for drilling. Here in Los Angeles, there's a restaurant down the road from my house that had a $30,000 gas bill in January. So the fact remains that even if even if we are allowed to keep our gas uh, stoves, the gas prices are still going to be through the roof. How do how do we rectify it? Well, and that's a great question. And so I have to take a step back if we could, because it's a two pronged approach really is what it is. Uh, the, the administration and the, the, the green groups, the advocacy groups that they work with, are taking a, 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 a two-pronged approach. So on the front side, you see the Department of Energy, which regulates everything, almost everything that we use as consumers, the light bulbs or furnaces or air conditioners. And they're working on a rule that's fairly public. And they're saying, well, look, you know, we're looking at, at appliances and, and at, the, at the, where we stand right now, their rule would ban 84% of the gas stoves that they're testing as not being efficient enough. 
And so the crappy gas stoves that you and I had in our college dorm rooms, they might make the cut, but that's, you know, the, the high-end Viking and sub-zero ranges, they're not going to make the cut under this DOE proposal. And according to that 84% test, it will save people $4 a year. That's their estimate. So it's not about savings and not about health. It's about control. Now, what we see the second prong approach is they say, well, here's the front-facing piece, but the back-facing piece is they coordinate with uh, the, the energy groups, and frankly, there's a lot of dark money that's underway going into the local level, just like they've done in San Francisco, they're doing it in Colorado, they're doing it in New York, and they come in at the local level and they push the local decision makers and the regulatory agencies, the city councils, to push for a ban on new construction and, and natural gas and new construction. And so they're trying to put the squeeze where even if I did have to replace a stove or if I'm building a new house, I couldn't find a stove because it doesn't matter because I can't get a new gas line coming in. And that's really what they're trying to do. And so the price of, of natural gas, it fluctuates. But the bigger issue, honestly, is the fact that we not, may not be able, we may have supply, but no way to, to actually use it. That's what's a real concern to my industry. Uh, it's a frightening problem to have created in the most energy rich country in the world. It's just it's mind boggling. Uh, there's a big moment. It started a couple weeks ago. It's going to crescendo next week. H.R. 1, the legislation that Kevin McCarthy promised us all to lower energy costs, is going to hit the floor. It's on the fast track uh, to get through the Republican House. Tell us what this bill does and why it's so important to the future of not only Americans' economy, but their national security. Well, that's a, that's a great question. It does. What it does is it takes it reforms a broken permitting process. And it really is an attempt. It's aspirational, I will agree, but it streamlines the permitting process for all industries, not just oil and gas, but for transportation and manufacturing and, and the builder, the construction industry. You know, John, for nearly 50 years, the environmental community has used NEPA as this blunt instrument to kill projects, particularly in transportation and the energy sectors. I mean, that's what we've been fighting against for 50 years. And what's happened is the environmental community has built up 50 years of case law fighting fossil energy to force a switch to renewable energy. Well, guess what's happened? Now that those large-scale renewable projects are starting to come online, they find themselves subject to the exact same case law that the environmental groups put in place to kill my projects. And so it's like making an introduction. Hey, interstate transmission line that's, that's doing solar in Nevada but needs to get it to California. Well, meet that interstate gas line that was killed 20 years ago via NEPA. I'm glad the two of you could meet. What it does is it returns sanity back to the timeline of the NEPA process. It sets deadlines for decisions. Um, and it takes a lot of the low impact activities that we rely on. They, they can proceed without being subjected to years long NEPA reviews. It's a good bill. But like everything, you know, the Senate's a graveyard of good ideas, and so the House is going to pass it, and the Senate will take up its own bill. But I think, honestly, I'm encouraged because it's like the farmer and the rancher can be friends. It's the old Baptist and bootleggers coalition. Uh, renewable projects and, and fossil energy are going to be tied together and trying to get some permitting reform together. So that's going to be good. That's a big deal. Yeah. Tim, it, it seems like this administration is is dealing with the tyranny of the minority with respect to oil and drilling. Um, and the Biden administration continues to press down on your industry. I think it was last week, 16 million uh, acres from Alaska was taken off the table as far as oil production. How can you oppress upon? How can you impress upon this administration that the polling doesn't line up with their policy because Americans get their gas bills, their power bills, they fill up at the gas station and they're not liking what they're seeing. But again, you've got this vocal minority, this fringe element um, that, that, that goes against it. 
Yeah, that again, that that's that is welcome to my world, so to speak. I think you articulated it very, very well. Uh, but with the loss of the House, you know, they did the administration did lose its ability to kind of set the legislative agenda. So their response is jack up the regulatory overreach to eleven or twelve if they can. And it's like I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to see aggressive new moves in every aspect of our industry on the regulatory side. I've been telling people to watch out, not not necessarily for the highly public ones, but again, that, that backdoor approach like they're doing against our, our stoves. And so we have to fight them on the regulatory on the regulatory front. But honestly, we've got to fight them better in the public opinion. And I know you guys, we've had this conversation over and again where my industry needs to do better in getting the message out and actually connecting with our with our consumers. I think this gas stove thing is a, is a really good opportunity. I'm excited for it, you know. If we get enough people storming the barricades, so to speak, we can make a difference. All right, folks, get ready. Carrie Lake, they said she was dead. Her election suit was gone. Arizona Supreme Court had a different idea. Carrie Lake tells us why she won and why the election challenge to the 2022 gubernatorial race in Arizona is getting revived in the courts. She'll be up next, Carrie Lake, right after these messages. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, America. If you were watching Just the News the other night, Tuesday night, oh, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, the place lit up. There was an extraordinary story that came out of Arizona. Yes, one that the mainstream media don't want you to hear. The Arizona Supreme Court sent back to the lower courts a case saying that Carrie Lake's claims and worries about uh, signature verification cheating on the ballot they have merit. They need to be considered by a court. They should not have been dismissed. Well, we're pretty lucky right now to be joined by the woman who brought that case. Had that ruling come down from the Supreme Court, Carrie Lake herself. Carrie, great to have you back on the show. Oh, it's so good to be back. And, and this is a victory. I mean, we've been trying for three years to get our foot in the door on one of these election cases. And I've always said we have the greatest election case ever. And the door has been pushed open and we're in the house now. And this is a good, good news. It is. It's a big deal. It is. Carrie, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I know that you you had seven complaints. Six out of the seven were denied, but there was one that went through regarding signature verification Mm -hmm. of all of these complaints. If you had known ahead of time that only one was going to go through through, is this the most important one? You know, I I actually do think it is. I mean, all of our all of our um, complaints were important, but this one is to me the smoking gun. This is how we get this glut of mail in ballots with phony signatures 
signatures to sham the whole signature verification procedure. They're not following the procedures and they're allowing literally tens of thousands over. We, we projected more than 140,000 bogus ballots got rushed through in the signature verification uh, portion of our elections. And we have three whistleblowers who came forward attesting to that, talking about what a sham operation it is, how literally scribbles and no signatures at all were being passed through. They were flagging and denying uh, 10 to 15,000 signatures a day. These workers at Maricopa County saying these things don't match at all. And as they moved it up the, uh, you know, up the, the, process, somebody was just sending those through anyway. And this is this is absolutely huge. I believe that when Arizona voters and frankly, when American citizens see how corrupt and what a joke this process is, they may say we don't want mail-in ballots. There's only one security feature for mail-in ballots, and that is the signature on the outside of that envelope. And if those signatures aren't being matched, if the signatures are completely fraudulent and they're being counted, that makes my vote watered down and your vote watered down and the good people of Arizona. Even those counties where they are following procedures, when Maricopa County is running these lawless elections like this, those other counties get watered down from their legal vote. Yeah, that's a really great point. Everyone's affected if one county uh, cheats or has a weakness in the system. That's right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit because whistleblowers are very close to my heart as a journalist. Of course, they were close to your heart as a great journalist as well. This is really important. This isn't something that your guys sat around afterwards. Hey, we ought to try to take a look at this. People came to you and said they saw ballots being passed through and counted that didn't have a signature that matched the voter file on, on record. Uh, how important is that to convincing a judge or a jury someday that this has a lot of merit. I think it's huge. I mean, not one whistleblower, three from the signature verification process team came forward. And oh. and these are people who just don't like to see our system being torn apart like this. They were part of it. They said it was physically impossible to actually um, count or, or verify these in the amount of time given. You know, anybody who knows signature verification would say it would take minimum 35 seconds, maybe about 45 seconds to properly verify a signature at the number of ballots they had to verify. And they said that they did do the signature verification, which is not true. Uh, it would have only given each person eight seconds per ballot. To, wow. That's impossible wow. to pull it up on the computer, match the screens, match this uh, signature and process it. It's impossible to do it in that amount of time. We're also going to show that a third party uh, group was taking some of those rejected ballots and so-called curing them, which um, is not part of the procedure. It's not part of the law. You have to have observers there and they had no observers. So we don't even know if they were following process and what happened there. There are many, many holes in the story that Maricopa County is telling about how secure their signature verification process is. Our whistleblowers are going to blow the top off of this. I know our audience can't wait to see that happen. Carrie, despite the fact that you and folks like President Trump have told Republican voters, please go to the polls, please vote, don't stay at home. I still hear a lot of Republicans say, you know, what's the point? They, they have this nihilist attitude about elections because they see cases like yours. 
with this victory and you proceeding forward with your case, what does it mean for the broader movement of of securing elections and getting Republican voters, those who, those who are apprehensive about voting because they think it doesn't matter? What does it mean for it as a whole? I understand that. I, I mean, of all people, I certainly understand it because we had this election taken from not just me, but the good people of Arizona. But if you think about it, this uniparty, this uh, political class of political elites, that's what they want. The biggest fear to them is we, the people waking up and getting politically active. And frankly, that's exactly what we've been doing over the past decade from the Tea Party to the America First movement. Real people, moms and dads, students, grandmas and grandpas have gotten involved. They hate that. They want us asleep and they keep rigging elections, hoping that we will just toss our hands in the air and say, we're done. We're not going to. Why would we vote anymore? We can't allow them that victory. We need to show up and vote in droves, even in a system that is not good, that is rigged or problematic, because look what they had to do on November 8th of 2022, when this movement here in Arizona that I was helping to lead and, and being a part of, when we showed up in such massive numbers on election day, they could jam enough phony ballots into the system. They had to sabotage election day. And it became very obvious how they did it. We saw who's who, who are the criminals, what criminal acts they committed. And it's allowing us to now push forward for a change in our election. So don't sit on the sidelines, continue to be involved and vote. Even if you don't have um, confidence in the system, we've got to keep voting even in their bad system. Carrie, just got about 30 seconds left. I want to ask a little bit about Kirsten Cinema. She's been running from the Democratic Party that she last ran with. Uh, there's all these stories about her dissing the party, giving the middle finger to people. How are Arizonans looking at her? We got about 30 seconds left. I think they see her exactly what she is as a person who went to a DC and voted with Joe Biden 93% of the time. Then she comes home every once in a while and tries to act like she's an independent or an independent Democrat. We know she's a liberal. We know she's frankly voted like a leftist and the people are onto it. They are ready for people who will put Arizona first and America first all the way, not a globalist like Kirsten Cinema. All right, folks, we saved a little music and a little sass for the end of the show. Country star Natasha Owens. She's outspoken. She's got a great voice. She's got a huge following. She's an unabashed patriot. And she's got a new song that went to number one, Trump won. She's going to tell us how that happens right after this commercial message. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back, America. If you were reading just the news a couple of days ago, you might have saw this story. It caught a lot of people's attention. Three songs all launched in partnership with Truth Social, uh, bypassed the traditional music industry and soared to the top of the charts. One of them, of course, is the president's song with the J6 choir, uh, Justice for All. 
The other one was a song by this, our next guest, who was on the show last summer, launched an album around the music industry, going independent, been doing great ever since. Her new song, Trump One, just soared to the top of the charts. And joining us right now is that singer, Natasha Owens. Natasha, great to have you back on the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to have you. It is amazing to watch your success in just a few short months. Everybody's talking about you. Everyone's downloading your songs. Patriotism, courage, honesty, loving this country. It's a winning recipe for music, isn't it? You know, it is. Big tech has tried to censor and we the people have spoken. I tell you, it has been a wild ride. I knew people would like it. We, we wrote it for it to be catchy and just stick with you, which I think it does. But what I didn't expect was for the people to bind together. And the more they were censored, the more we were censored, the more they went around it. And it shot number one to, to the charts. I think we have three patriotic songs out there right now. And they all went to the top of the charts. And I'm just so thankful. It really goes to show that they cannot silence us. And uh, that just makes me more happy than anything. Natasha, I have a lot of friends who are in the music industry and, and, you know, I think it's a pretty universal thing that people who create something creative, whether it's film or they write or they produce music, sometimes you get writer's block. And then sometimes you have words that just flow onto the page and flow out of your mouth. And as I look at the lyrics of this song, it seems like this was something that was so easy for you to write because they were feelings that you were already feeling and probably had been feeling since 2020. Is that is that true? Oh, yes. My husband said two years ago, this has been a saying that's been in our home. Trump won and you know it. Everybody knows. I know it. You know it. We know it. They know it. Everybody knows Trump won. And so we've had fun with it. He said two years ago, you need to write a song. And I said, well, I don't know if right, right now is the time. And we got out on the road with this patriotic album and everyone we talked to, it was, you know, Trump won. Everybody knows we're not buying everything that the, the state sponsored rhetoric and the mainstream media wants us to buy. We're not buying it. We know we won. And so more and more proof came out. And the problem with this song is that we had too many verses and too many words and we had to narrow it down. And that was very hard because we had a lot of material. <laughs> Sounds like you might have material for another song coming out is what I think. I think there's going to be more coming. Um, I think fantastic. I you... Go ahead. I, I want to ask you something real quickly. You clearly knew when you put this song out, you were going to run right into the teeth of the establishment industry, the establishment, big tech industry. Well, uh, no fear. I mean, tell us their reaction first about what happened and then how the rest of this country rallied around it and showed that you don't need that old system anymore. That's right. If you go to YouTube right now, you will see that there's five stars and there's one star and there's nothing in between. Either you love this song or you hate it. And I really thought I would get more hate. And I'm sure the more platforms it goes out, I will. But the majority, 99.9 percent, .9 people are loving this song and thanking me. You know, the one thing that we saw throughout the past two years is people were so afraid to say that Trump won, even though they believed it. So I just wanted to put something down in song to give people enough courage to step out there. And I gave the words to them, um, you know, gave the words to them. So I spoke for them. And I think that that is one thing that I'm seeing. I'm getting messages saying that. So the music industry, I think, is in shock. Uh, I, think, I think that they think it's a parody and that it's a joke, but it's not. It's real. And for this movement, I think it gave breath and hope to the MAGA movement, to the conservatives, 
that, um, you know what, you can't hold us down for long. We are going to get the truth out there. And that's exactly the way I feel that it, it is the truth that I'm stepping on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and just a little tip, Natasha, I'm not telling you to do one thing or not. But when Leonard Cohen wrote Hallelujah, he wrote dozens and dozens of verses that obviously didn't make it to the original record. So you could always release another record with all of those subsequent verses. Um, but I wanted to ask you, a bra- I'm waiting for that. I want Sorry. Yeah, me too. An entire new album with all the verses and versions that we have already. Do it. <laughs> do it. I, I think a lot of people would probably uh, empathize with that or sympathize with that. Um, I wanted to ask you a broader question, though, because, you know, it seems like liberals in America, they have such a tight squeeze on so many facets of American society. They have academia. They have culture. They obviously have the government. They have news media. And, and with respect to entertainment, you work in the music industry. You know what the zeitgeist is there as far as liberalism is, even in the country world. The attacks that we are seeing from every single angle of people who who clearly don't believe in America's Judeo-Christian values, our founding values, traditional American values, um, but they, they're not acting like people who are winning. They'll tell you they're winning, but the, the way that they are attacking and the way that they are maneuvering, even in the music industry, they're not acting like they're winning. No, they are definitely in a defensive mode instead of offense. And that tells you right there that they're not winning. They're scared of this movement. They know that President Trump has a very big possibility of getting back in. They know that we have more of us than them. And that scares them to death. And they're so vile. But, you know, when they attack me, I I just laugh and I say two things. First of all, I know that the Bible states that uh, Christ said that, that it's it's. Christ and us that they're going to fight against. So I know it's a it's a war between good and evil. The second thing is, I know this song is an earworm. And so when someone says something vile to me, I just have been laughing all week and saying, OK, God, at 3 a.m., let that earworm activate and let this song just <laughs> drive them crazy where they can't get hit out of their mind and they can't go back to sleep. Now, that's a good recipe for winning. I like that one. Natasha, we've got about a minute left. Tell us what's ahead for you this spring and summer. I'm sure you're going to be out in the concert tour. Tell us what you got planned and what sort of reaction you expect to get when you get out in the real world again. Well, my goal is to be out on the rallies of President Trump. That's what I wanted to do. That's one reason why I released this song. So that's my goal. We've got concert runs coming up to be announced. We've also got a Second Amendment song coming out and uh, a new Star Spangled uh, Banner version coming out with a music video in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. We're going to take all of these songs that we're doing this year, put them on the American Patriot album and release a deluxe version um, next January, just in time for the uh, the the election year. So stay tuned. Go to NatashaOwensMusic.com. You can pre-order the actual Trump one if you want a hard copy of it, or you can go to iTunes or anywhere you digitally download and purchase this song and spread it to everyone. That is an ambitious summer ahead. We can't wait. I can't wait to hear that Second Amendment song. I'm going to be one of the first ones downloading that. (laughs) Natasha, what an honor to have you on. What an honor to follow what you've done the last year. We really enjoy it. We're going to get you back on and we're going to play your song.
mental fitness why he's doing now. folks thanks for joining us on a sunday morning so grateful you can join us this is one of my favorite editions of sunday brunch we take some of the best interviews from amanda heads and my just the news no noise television show we adapt it for the podcast and we have a great listen while you're maybe listening to the newspaper cooking some eggs mowing the lawn i'm just so grateful you spend some of that weekend time with us yeah i can't tell you how humbling it is thank you for listening thanks to all of our guests austin scott Bill O'Reilly, Brian Style, Tim Stewart, Carrie Lake, and Natasha Owens. A great lineup today. And a little bit of music that we went out with. How cool was that? All right, folks. We'll be back on Monday with regular programming. Until then, have a great rest of your week. And God bless you. And may you have a wonderful evening. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it 
with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. 